welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is episode 54. It's actually season two, episode four, if you're keeping track. I'm Craig. I'm Brett. And we're back for another episode to continue our discussion about receivers. Yes. Because there's a lot of receivers in the NFL. And Brick got really distracted during the last episode. He did. We all did. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the devil. <laughs> I thought that was squirrels. Yes, and they deliver ghosts. <laughs> That's an inside joke while they explain is. it all the time. Actually, speaking of ghosts, yeah. uh, Brick. I'll start off as we always do. What are you drinking? Well, I'm drinking a Burger Monster from Two Roads. <laughs> Hashtag sponsor us. Uh, Burger nice. Monster is an orange infused wheat ale and kind Which of like. I'm pretty sure we've actually. Oh, I know we've had it on this we've podcast. We've had it on this before. podcast before. And ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, that's the beer that started this podcast. Yes. The day that Craig and I first met to discuss potentially doing this podcast, we showed up at Two Roads and we didn't know what beer we wanted. And so we ordered a Burger Monster. And Craig's exact words, I'll never forget this. He took one sip and he looked at me and went, I always forget how good this beer is until I have it. And I'm like, yeah, it's really solid. It's a yeah, fantastic. It's, it's if you seasonal. like if you like Blue Moon, you will love Burger Monster. You know what? I wonder if how it would be if you put an orange in it. It might be too much. Hmm. I'll have to try that next time. Because it's kind of towards the end of its season, so And I don't think our mics are gonna pick it up, but if you hear any clicking in the background that's most likely the torrential downpours that have moved out of hershey and finally into bridgeport yes did you see hershey park is like underwater no no is it they're closed like for the third consecutive day damn like they showed aerial shots you can't see the cues that lead into their roller coasters because they're underwater like oh, literally my. the entire lines are underwater that's not good yeah no it's it's bad so our thoughts and prayers go out to them obviously and we're going to be underwater soon because it's here I mean, now. we are near the coast. Yes. There's actually an evacuation pole near us. Is, oh, that's right. Because yeah. you, you guys aren't far from the water line. No, it's like two blocks from here. Yeah. So uh, the pole starts at like, you know, this is like 10 feet above um, sea level. It goes all the way up to 25 feet. See, here, oh, so here's my issue with those flood poles. <laughs> okay. Who is hanging around to look and see when there is 20 you know, plus feet of seawater? I'm sea sure water? someone would. Where are they standing? Because I there's mean, technically, extra feet. we're like three floors up right now. And we're still not more than 20 feet above sea level. No, maybe we no, are. Maybe we're right on the edge. Right on the edge. We would need a boat outside of my bedroom window. Or to harness the power of your cats. Either yes. way. Well, right, anyway, uh, before we get to the wide receivers, what are you drinking? You're about to open a can. Uh, what I'm do about you got? to open a can of Brit's favorite kind of beer. It's a goes. Oh, I hate goes. It's tropical fruit. It's an ale brew with pineapple, mango, guava, Barbados cherry, and passion. I'll fruit. take no part of that. There's really <laughs> two. There's three styles. Three styles of beer. Some, uh, two of which are closely related. That I absolutely will not do. They are goes and sours. All right. Those, yeah, right. Those go together. And goes together. Yes, and barley wines won't do them. Isn't that what um doesn't two roads? What's the um twenty ton? It's twenty ton. Twenty ton. And it barley wine is like really. It's like usually like twelve percent. Alcohol, yeah, it's, it's strong. So I'm like, no. But those, those are like the three types I will absolutely never touch, ever under any circumstance. Don't like them. No, well, it have you tried this tropical fruit one you're about to taste? Uh, this one, no. Well, I've well, not. I've had the other one. Well, get to it, man. All right. All right. So this is the tropical fruit. It's from it, their tanker it truck. It smells sour. like fruit punch. Yeah. Well, I would hope it does. It's from their tanker truck sour series. Um, and if you don't know, if you haven't been to Two Roads, well, Craig evaluates his beer. It literally is soured in tanker trucks that are parked outside the brewery because they're building a specific facility just for sours and for barrel aging. But until then, 
this is how they sour their beers. All right, so Craig, wow, talk to so us. Wow, so this is like um, an adult version of Kool-Aid. Really? To me, yes. I get a lot of the, um, I get the pineapple, some mango, and I get the cherry. It, is it? To it, me, but. How sour is it? Compared to their other ones, this to me is not, you get the sour on the back end, but it's really subtle. You're lying to me to make me drink this it's so you can make subtle. a face. You're trying to trick it's me real, into trying it's, this. Now, it, compared to like the lime one. Oh god, the lime which one is, is very sour. Th- there's this is probably out of the other sours they have. This is to me, this is probably the subtlest. Do you subtlest know? Do sour. you know the st- the story about me and the lime Persian ghost? <laughs> no. Okay, so this is funny. You know our, our our dear friend Ryan, who works at Two Roads, right? One of the nicest guys of all time. Started out there as a beer tender. Now he's a a, a product marketing manager. And I happened to be there the day the the lime goes hit. Right. And I went up to the uh, bar to get a beer for me and my wife. And You're Ryan married? happened to be standing there. Yeah, I'm married. And um, <laughs> that's a running joke for Craig and I, too. And Ryan happened to be standing there. He was like, hey, Britt, how are you, man? Good to see you. You here to try the new ghost? And I'm like, no, I'm not a ghost, man. He goes, I'm not either. But hey, do you like margaritas? And I went, no. <laughs> and he was like, then you're going to wait. No, you don't like margaritas. And he gave me this look. I like, mean, I don't think I've ever seen so, or met someone that uh, said they don't like margaritas. I don't like base margaritas. I'll do a flavored one. I love orange margaritas. There's make, an orange margarita. Oh, there's blood orange margaritas. That I've are never really, had that. Oh, there was a great place in New Haven that used to do them. Like great place. On, just on the rocks or like a frozen margarita? I used to do them on the rocks, but they would make them either way. The blood orange margarita at a place called C.O. Jones, which if you take out the initials, spells cojones. Um, <laughs> nice. That was their thing. They uh, It was a blood orange and honey margarita. Huh. So they'd make a margarita, flavor it with blood orange, and then before pouring it into the glass, they would drizzle the inside edge of the glass, inside like halfway down, with just a little bit of honey. So as the margarita poured into it, the honey would kind of try to merge a little bit. With the margarita. Oh, huh. my God, was it good. And the restaurant's not there anymore, which is oh, a terrible boo. thing. But, yeah, blood orange margaritas, uh, I'll do. But a regular lime ones, no. Boo. But, like, I scared the hell out of Ryan. He was totally ready to be like, do you like margaritas? Well, you'll love this beer. And I'm like, <laughs> do you like margaritas? No. No, I don't. No. So I, I know, don't like the sour. As a, as a side story, and yeah. Deb will love this. Hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. Uh, we went to a, Mex- a newer Mexican place like a month ago. Local to here? Local to here. Okay. And I or- we ordered margaritas because uh, you figured if you're going to go to a Mexican restaurant, you figured you a margarita, margarita would be like a signature drink. In most places, yes. Right. They um they had it pre-made. It, like, why? Like in a bottle or in a mixing machine? Like it was frozen? Well, no, no, no. They were like on the rocks, but it was in a mixing machine like you would see Fruit Punch at a movie theater. Yes, that's common these but, days. And then it, I saw someone else order it, and they poured it out of a bucket. I'm like, you have a full bar. Well, you know, no. Why no. are bucket you bucket margaritas in a restaurant? Why? Right why are you just not making a margarita? Yeah. Out of no. all the drinks you can have pre-made, no, no. Why would it be a margarita? No, <laughs> no. We need to talk to. But we need to talk. By the way, I finally ate that Brazilian steakhouse that's right down the road from us, over by the train station. Yeah. I need to move in there. I okay. need to like live in that restaurant. It was so right. good. So we will talk about that. Um, <laughs> all 
All right, on the burning hot take question. See, this yeah. is why we need two episodes to talk about wideouts. Yeah, because there's like we? 800 wide receivers in No, the because we're eight minutes in and we haven't talked a lick of football. <laughs> we're sitting here talking no, about well, margaritas. we do part of this for Deb, so she'll yes, enjoy it. Yes, that's true. So we, we thank everyone for hanging with us. It's funny because some of my favorite serious XM shows for fantasy football are 85% fantasy football. Like one of the shows today, and I won't out who it was, was talking about how they regretted selling their Facebook stock too early for like 10 <laughs> minutes. You know, and it was a funny story. It was entertaining radio. But right. Just like how our folks are just like how in college, Brick could have got rich from an online game. We're not going there. We're not <laughs> going to the Ultima online thing. We're not we're not going the one beta invite I got in my entire life. I could have turned around into actual physical cash money during the Ultima online craze, which immediately died the moment World of Warcraft existed. But that's a whole other story. Oh, man. Burning hot take questions. Let's yep. do one each. I'm going right. to give first. OK, so it's not. I've gone two podcasts without saying the magic words. All Do you right. know what the magic words are, Craig? Uh, Jerry Jones. The magic words are Jerry Jones. <laughs> so Jerry Jones told his players. About they, Jerry Jones. Yes. Jerry Jones sent a statement signed by Jerry Jones indicating that Jerry Jones has commanded <laughs> that his players cannot stay in the locker room during the national anthem. Oh, so that's not an option for them. Correct. All now, right. granted... That whole anthem policy thing that the That's NFL so crafted is now well, it's technically suspended by the NFL because the Dolphins thing leaked, oh, and the moment that every domestic violence person looked at it and said, "You gave Jameis Winston three games for abusing an Uber driver, but it's four games if you know kneel." Well, and you know what? what? I don't think did. we ever will. But it's bad enough. It's bad that he said, yeah, I'm just going to take four games. It's bad enough that he said, exactly, exactly. Because I don't remember. (laughs) It's it's like if you killed someone in your home and when the cops showed up, they said, this looks like a burglary. And you went, yes, it was a burglary, (laughs) officer. I will go to jail gladly. For burglary. For burglary. (laughs) You know, it feels feels like something worse happened than what we're talking about. But here's the simple fact. The Dolphins came out and said, it's going to be four-game suspension if you kneel during the anthem. And every domestic violence, rightfully so in my opinion, advocate went, seriously, harassing an Uber driver is three games, but kneeling during the anthem is four? What the hell? And so the NFL went, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe we move too quick. Everybody settle down before you start peeling potatoes, tossing salads, and let's talk about this thing. Craig's laughing because that's an old wrestling reference. Uh. But apparently now, Jerry Jones sent the letter to his players before all this went down and said, by the way, you know that NFL policy that says you can stay in the locker room if you don't, if you don't want to participate in the anthem? Yeah, we're not going to let you do that. Is that fair? Mm. Is it fair for Jerry Jones to say, here's the NFL policy that says you I either mean, stand or you stay in the locker room? And by the way, the Dallas Cowboy policy is no one stays in the locker room. Is that fair? Uh, no, because if you, if you put the NFL rules above individual team rules, right. then... Uh, no, but Jerry Jones is also keeping Papa John's. So, because he <laughs> I'm owns. I'm still laughing at that meme you sent me today where somebody reworded the box to make it sound <laughs> terrible. Uh, yeah, Jerry Jones owns like 50. I don't, I don't remember if it's either 50% or 50 Papa John's restaurants in northern Texas. So he's it's keep, probably 50 restaurants. He's, he's keeping them as part of the Cowboys. Uh, Stadium you know, menu. it's funny because I haven't researched this, so I will before the next podcast. But Peyton Manning and Papa John's were tight they for were. a while. The reason he was doing their commercials I, was because he yeah. had waivers on his three franchises. So did that change? <clears throat> did Peyton Manning walk away from Papa John's? I hope to God he did. 
Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. We'll I have to take a look. I haven't heard anything about Papa John's and Peyton Manning. No, but you know what? I haven't so. seen any Peyton Manning Papa John's commercials lately. No, he probably that... he was probably like take those all off the air. Well, is that because Papa John's stopped being the official pizza of the NFL, or because Peyton Manning said take mm. those off the air? Good question. So I'll I'll do we some research. Know. I'll do some research. All right. So. The easy answer is Jerry Jones is, is Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones. By the way, he also guarantees that Des Bryant will have a job before the start of the NFL uh, season. Yeah, Des Bryant apparently is talking to the Browns. Oh my God, really? Yeah, because we don't have enough people <laughs> trying to catch the ball there. Hey, what's one more? If Josh Gordon actually exits treatment and Corey Coleman's there, I mean, what's Des Bryant? It, are they trying to negotiate <laughs> his role as a coach or to sell peanuts? I mean, yeah. because there's no other, there's no ball shares there. And that's not counting that a lot of people are saying David Njoku is going to get a bigger share of the targets this year. Not unless Des Bryant's there. Sweet Jesus. They're <laughs> going to run four wide sets. They're going to have three linemen because they're going to have a back. They're going to have gonna to be have, like, it's going to be like arena football. <laughs> right. You're going to have to have, uh, what's his name in the backfield? Uh, Nick Chubb in the backfield, four wide outs. Whoever the quarterback is at this point is going to be like, okay, there's, there's only a two guards and, and a center. <laughs> So I'll just run around. So yeah, and like, there's gonna be like, there's gonna be 14 people in the box, and he's gonna be like, is, is that is that legal? Do they get that? <laughs> yes. When you guys run this many wideouts, they get to do with them whatever the freak yeah. they want. So, you know, it, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. <laughs> Good movie. That's a great movie. Good movie. So, all right. So, question to you: What do you got? Um. Yeah. More more drama in uh, Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, at least it's not drama in Dallas because Jerry no. Jones doesn't want drama. Jerry Jones is Dallas. That's true. Um. So Antonio Brown decided to go to camp in a helicopter. Okay. <clears throat> I, I did not see. I saw you mention this, but I did not actually read anything about it. Yeah. So he uh, he chartered a helicopter and had them. I think his family was in the helicopter, too, and had them fly him to camp and land. Now, like, why? 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 Did, did he land at like a nearby airfield or did he land in the middle of the stadium? I don't think he landed in the middle of the stadium. Because I've seen that. That actually has happened in places. <laughs> I will go back to the day that um, the Islanders decided to fire like half the Bridgeport Sound Tigers, which was their AHL affiliate's front office, including Howard Saffin, who I'm not a big fan of. Um, and they literally requested permission to put their helicopter in center field of the next door ballpark because that was the only place that was convenient for them to land a helicopter. Sikorsky right. would have required them to get a limo, and they didn't want to do that. <laughs> right. So I show up for work at the the Bluefish, and I walk up the stairs, and I walk into the stadium, and there's a freaking helicopter sitting right where the center fielder would be standing. <laughs> I just looked at my boss, and I went, um, they're going to move that, right? I don't even know why I said it, because obviously it was the stupidest thing. He was like, yeah, and that's when he told me, yeah, the Islanders are next door doing some business, and that's when we saw a lot of police go in, and a lot of people get escorted out holding boxes so that was interesting it's you're always, all fired basically that's essentially what happened is that they the the general manager and the owner of the islanders flew in and was like all right we don't like what happened here this year so eight of the ten of you have no more jobs including the guy who was running the entire organization so who now the city of bridgeport's handed a blank check to to remodel the building that he got fired out of so it's not bitter at all I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter that you took a guy who couldn't run one facility, so you put him in charge of the facility next door <laughs> yeah. and handed him $7 million of taxpayer money to do it. I'm not bitter at all. I don't think that that's a genius idea. Of course it is. It's a genius idea. Let's let's also, as people leave prison, let's hand them guns. You know what I mean? <laughs> they, they did so great the first time. They deserve a second chance. All right. I'm not going to get done. I'm not going down the rabbit hole tonight, <laughs> folks. I'm not. I'm not. I swear to God, I'm not. Okay. So... 
back to the wide receiver rankings. Yes. During the last episode, we talked about the top 10 wide receivers in some detail. And I also ranted about um, the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick apparently gets jobs for when people like die or get suspended. Um, The bottom line with the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing, just to put a bow on it, is if you're playing for a team and they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick as your backup, you can pretty (laughs) much expect to miss games for one reason or another. So, uh, and we were talking about that in terms of Mike Evans because he's going to be there this year in the Winston's absence. So that brings us to number 11 on my list, our consensus list. And this is a guy I have higher than both you and Cinch, and that's Adam Thielen out in Minnesota. Here's the question. Is Adam Thielen the real deal? He had a great year last year. He did. But his quarterback changed. Is he the real deal? Can he command targets? Is Kirk Cousins going to settle in? And is Stefan Diggs not a threat? If the answer to all those questions is yes, he's a tremendous pick. But is the answer to all those questions yes? I don't know what the quarterback change is going to do. I have no idea. Maybe maybe he's going to have a better relationship with Diggs. And Diggs will actually be more consistent. Because I had Diggs last year, and it was like, hey, 120 yards. Hey, four yards. And Stefan Diggs, who we have not gotten to yet in our ratings, is a tremendous best ball play for that exact reason. You know, he if we're talking about best ball rankings, he's going to be he should be five spots ahead of where we put him on on our rankings and our PPR rankings. So I think Thielen will be okay. I am not reaching up for him. Would I take him before Mike Evans? Yes. Would I take him before some of the other names that are after him? Not necessarily. No, I, I have to. You know, and that being said, if things go well in Minnesota and and Dalvin Cook's a huge part of that, Dalvin Cook stays healthy, then, you know, I mean, I know McKinnon was great last year and he's gone. But if Dalvin Cook stays healthy there, Minnesota could be a, a real, real contender this year as long as Cousins settles in. So the question is, do you think Cousins is going to settle in? And to Craig's point, do you think he's going to give Thielen the targets he needs? And if you think the answer to those questions is yes, then you should absolutely draft him. So 14 yards per reception last year for Adam Thielen. Yeah, Every time he catches the ball, he's averaging 14 yards. Down. In a full-point PPR, that's 2.4 yards on average per reception. Yep. Uh, 2.4 points, sorry. So Larry Fitzgerald comes in at number 12. All reliable. I remember when I first started getting into fantasy, I was playing fantasy baseball with some friends, and the running gag was that Edgar Martinez was the ancient mariner. <laughs> Because he'd been in Seattle for 150 years. And then I came to find out that that joke actually predated him. And Gaylord Perry had been known as the Ancient Mariner because he pitched there when he was well into his 40s. Larry Fitzgerald is the Ancient Mariner of the Arizona Cardinals. He is. Will the change at QB hurt him? He's not yeah. with the guy he liked. But he never seems to slow down. Doesn't. He seems to adjust well to quarterback changes. He's had and many he's of them. he's seen several yeah. in Arizona. It hurts me to like Larry Fitzgerald because he went to the University of Pittsburgh and I'm a UConn fan and they both used to be in the old Big East. Um, so I watched Larry Fitzgerald several, what feels like a hundred years ago, swallow up the, my UConn Huskies on multiple occasions. So I, it's kind of hard, but I can't rate him higher than 12, but I feel like he may be better than 12. I have him actually rated significantly lower. I have him at 16 personally. It was yours and Cinch's ranking that brought him up to 12 overall. Um, and actually, technically, he's tied with Thielen, but I think the tiebreaker went to me because I had him. I had Thielen significantly higher than Fitzgerald. So I don't know. It's going to be a wait and it's see. It's a big question mark, but I mean, he's always consistent. And who else do they have in Arizona? David Johnson, and that's it. 
That's it. And that's really it. Their tight end got arrested, so who knows when he's coming Their back. tight end's in jail. Their quarterback <laughs> retired. The coaching staff turned the over. The new rookie quarterback is an ass. <laughs> is that Josh Allen over there? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Mr. I'm mad. I got, everyone got picked for me. Yes. I thought he went to Buffalo. No, no. He's in Arizona. He's in Arizona. I have heard him. I've heard people say that he is mentally, and this is weird given those comments, the most prepared quarterback to jump into the NFL. We sure that's him there? Why do I feel like Josh Allen's in Buffalo? I'm knocking things over in the studio. All right, now I'm doing research. Britt is thinking. <clears throat> do, do, do. We'll play some Jeopardy music. He's tapping on his phone. Yeah, this is what happens when He's I don't gonna use find my... out some things. All right, maybe. Arizona Cardinals roster. Here we go. All right. It's been a long week. Leave me alone. It's been a very oh, long it, week. It's not Josh Allen. Josh Allen is in Buffalo. It's Josh Rosen. It's the other Josh. Right. Sorry, that's where I got my Josh's confused. Josh Rosen. Um, yes. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what Rosen does. So, wait. So, who's the most mentally prepared quarterback? Rosen Allen or Allen? Was. Allen was. I was listening to um, one of the guys from Yahoo Sports on the radio, and he was saying Josh Allen. He was not saying a team. That's why I said, I think he's in Buffalo. And I know, yeah, Josh Allen's in Buffalo. So, Josh Rosen. But, yes. But, I mean, if Josh Rosen comes out the gate and He is, is Mr. I'm mad that everyone got drafted before me. Yes. I think if... if if he comes out the gate and he's hot and Larry Fitzgerald can stick with him, Larry Fitzgerald's the natural option to get the ball there. Right. So as a quick aside, and I know I got distracted a lot last episode, I found a website today and I got, I'll send you the link. I got to see if I can find it again. Something like sports injury predictor.com. Okay. Where people use past injuries and likelihood of re-injury. Really? Did you make this website? No, I did not. <laughs> and it looked Look in air quotes. So look right. scientific, but they put they they put odds that a player will have an injury significant enough that it requires a missing or an absence of at least two quarters. Okay, that's what they consider a injury, not a significant injury, but an injury. Right. So if you go off the field and you miss five plays they, and you come back out, that they don't count. care. They're not, they're not counting that. So There's, half a game has to cost you at least two quarters of play, and they put All a percentage right. on us. David Johnson came in at 55.4% chance of missing at least two quarters. <laughs> and when they said, when they said based on similar injuries and similar individuals who have had an injury history like him, the average games we can expect him to miss in 2018 is 2.1, nine quarters or right. something like that. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, wow. Okay. So they're basically saying David Johnson's dead man walking. And I stumbled onto it because I was looking, trying to find Stefan Diggs's injury history because he's had issues too. Right. And he was like 40%. So there's a 40% chance that he would miss time. But David Johnson, better than 50% chance that he misses time this year. At least according to this scientific-ish looking website that I found. All right. Onward in the rankings. Number 13, believe it or not, is Demarius Thomas. Cinch has him higher than both of us. Okay. Case Keenum is the quarterback in Denver. Let me say that again. <laughs> Case Keenum is currently the quarterback in Denver. Is Kate, Did Case Keenum turn a corner in St. Louis? Can he be a starter or is he a placeholder right now? And Demarius Thomas is not going to rebound mm. because of it. Because you think about it, there are two really good wideouts in Denver. Emmanuel Sanders went healthy and Demarius Thomas, when they're healthy, are good. They are. They are really, really <clears throat> so good. He, I mean, Denver might be on the right track now. Maybe. Maybe Elway has finally found his, uh, his quarterback of the semi-future. Well, here's my question then. My question for you, I mean, they also have Chad Kelly in camp, but, you know, he's not going to beat out Case Keenum. They brought in Case Keenum to be the starter, and it Paxton Lynch certainly is not going to be the No, he's not. 
um, is Keenum the real deal? Did he turn the corner or was St. Louis, was it St. Louis? He was at, no, it's St. Louis. There's no team in St. Louis. What the hell am I talking about? The Rams are out in freaking LA now. <laughs> was Keenum's um, great season last year just a fluke in, in Minnesota? So. You think Not, you think he's turned a corner? I think, I think so. And so, and, can, you know, every, um, no matter who the running back in Denver is, they're always good. I'm hearing Devontae Parker has the um, the edge on Royce Freeman, but I've also been told that's based solely off of conversation and nothing with OTAs and camps. Okay. Like literally, Denver has talked to both of them, and and Royce Freeman's a tremendously talented rookie. I think he could be the starter there, but um, supposedly the Denver coaching staff was like, we don't want to go into camp with any ambiguity. We want everyone to know Devontae Booker's our starter. Well. He Is was he? supposedly a starter last year too. You know, it's an offense with a lot of question marks. But the two question marks, the only question marks around Thomas and um, Sanders is health. Right. So is he a sneaky pick or is he a risk at number thirteen overall? Uh, Not overall. Sorry, number thirteen amongst wide receivers. Wide receiver thirteen. I misspoke. No, I think that's a solid pick for him. What I meant to say was, there's no reason I wouldn't take him at number thirteen. Is what I'm trying to say. Not right. that I would take him at 13, no. but there's no reason I wouldn't take him at 13. Correct. Okay. Correct. So just just clarifying. 14 is a buddy of mine, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. All right. I'm going to go off here. <laughs> Start the timer. Tyreek oh, Hill is a top five wide receiver in the right circumstances. The problem is Kansas City is not right this second, the right circumstances. There are so many question marks. What is going to happen with Mahomes? Is Mahomes, is he, like you talked about before about chemistry, are, is he going to have chemistry with Mahomes? What about Sammy Watkins? How does Sammy Watkins fit into this role? What about the freaking backfield? Kansas City has 17 running backs back there. If Spencer Ware gets cleared to play, you're going to have Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware, both of which are accomplished pass catchers, not unlike the combination of Ingram and, Ingram and Kamara. Is there going to be enough target share for Tyreek Tyree Hill? So consequently, Tyreek Hill is down here at number 14. But given the circumstances, he could be top five. It, it's We just don't know. So I think Tyreek Hill at the at wide receiver 14 is an absolute steal. Absolute steal because I think he's going to end up being a wide receiver one. I don't, And, and that means he's going to be in the top 12. But right now, yeah, we've got him ranked at four, number 14. Sammy Watkins just got signed. We got rid of Albert Wilson. I don't know where Albert Wilson went. I want to say Miami, but he's gone. Albert Wilson was amazing at getting open and then dropping passes. He was, if that scored your points in the NFL, he'd be in the <laughs> Hall of Fame. But he was amazing. He hands a stone, that guy. Um, so I was not upset to see him go. But I think Sammy Watkins is going to fit in there pretty well. I mean, they, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for speed. Don't ever forget that this is the coach that made Freddie Mitchell relevant in Philadelphia for a couple of years. Remember Freddie Mitchell? Remember Fred X? I do. Who paid a guy to walk behind him after games with a wrestling belt because he was the world champion of something? <laughs> hey, why not? I, I mean, Scrabble or something? I don't know. I just remember whenever he had a good game, he'd take off that helmet and he'd go to do an interview and there'd be a guy two feet behind him with a, a, a wrestling belt over his shoulder. <laughs> and he was Freddie Mitchell. He wasn't that good. <laughs> I mean, as much, but he was quick and he had decent hands and he was the secondary option there in Philadelphia. And that worked. Sammy Watkins could be that guy. Sammy Watkins could be the next Fred X. We it's don't possible. know. 
We don't know. We'll but either out. way, I think Tyreek Hill is going to actually benefit from these changes. Are you confident in Tyreek Hill? Would you take him over a Demarius Thomas? Uh, as of right now, yeah, I think so. I could. I could see that. I, I sold you on it. Would you take him you over did. Larry Fitzgerald? No. Both of them have quarterback questions. The big difference is age, age. and experience. Yep. And I think I do think Larry Fitzgerald has an edge there. So that's fair. All right. Number 15 on our list is Stefan Diggs. We already talked about Adam Thielen. Here's the thing with Stefan Diggs. He catches 60% of his targets last year, more than right. 60% of his targets, but he needs that volume and he needs to stay healthy. I, the, the website I saw had him at 47.9% chance of sustaining an injury this year. That's what they say based on his injury history and all these things that he would miss up to eight quarters of action. That's two games if you think about it. Stefan Diggs, can you trust him? Can you take a flyer on him at um, wide receiver number 15? I mean, I had him last year, and the biggest problem with him last year was his his numbers are inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So it's either you're going to get 120 yards and a touchdown or two touchdowns, like seven catches, or you're going to get twelve one catch, 12 yards, and that's it. Which means in a best ball format, I'm taking him over guys like Larry Fitzgerald oh, and Mary definitely, Thomas. Oh, definitely. But we're not talking about best ball in this particular format. We're talking about PPR. I don't. And again, it comes down to the uncertainty there. He's got the talent. If anything happens yeah, to Adam definitely. Thielen, he is the man. I think he and Thielen are both appropriate where they're going. Um, I think that there are guys who will draft him too early. I am not willing to reach up for either of those guys. Just not. So, so Stefan Diggs or the next guy on our list? What about T.Y. Hilton? Yeah. <laughs> you have T.Y. really low in your personal I do, rankings. Because I don't know who's throwing the ball in Indianapolis. I have him at 15th. You have him at 20th. Cinch <laughs> has him at 10th. Literally, we have him spread out between the bottom <laughs> 10 spots in our rankings. Here's what I read I today. I mean, someone has to catch the ball for the Colts. But well, somebody has to throw the ball for the Colts first. That That's a too. problem. So the running gag was, I was reading somewhere, that when Andrew Luck is on the field, yeah, T.Y. Hilton is like a top three wide out. Okay. So the gag was, all he needs is a little bit of luck to be successful. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Waka waka. <laughs> and I was I was like, you know what? If So the question becomes, do you expect Andrew Luck back, and do you expect T.Y. Hilton to do well under him? I guess he's back, but I still haven't seen Andrew Luck throw. Well, there was that one clip of him throwing like one pass in practice, but did you see again? The, that's not that's not having three people trying to kill you throwing. Did, so. did you see the the Twitter the Twitter account Captain Andrew Luck? No. When you have time, go look at it. it okay. And this predates the whole second Civil War thing that supposedly happened on July Fourth when some talking heads were like, "Oh, liberals are going to su- cause a second Civil War," and people were tweeting right things from the second Civil War. Someone made a twi- a Civil War Twitter account <laughs> for Captain Andrew Luck. They photoshopped his face onto an old, like, Civil War era photo. With the beard? No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and for, like, the last year or two, which is why I know it predates this stuff, he's been writing letters to home <laughs> in Civil War era. And it's like the last one, the one that posted last week, which got a lot of attention on Twitter, was Dearest Mother. For the first time, for the first time in a long time, my arm was able to sustain a musket and discharge it appropriately. I feel this is a huge step forward. It just keeps talking about how he's on the road to recovery. His injuries were grievous, but now he's going to be better. It's hysterical. So I don't know who runs that parody uh, account, but 
kudos to you. That's good. So, but I, I do. I think Ty will bounce back. I think he's a value and a bargain at a wide receiver number sixteen. Um, and I like him way better than the next guy on our list, which is wide receiver number 17, which is a person I really have avoided a lot. And that's Golden Tate. Here's the thing. Golden Tate for each of the last five years has a minimum of 90 receptions each year. That's not bad. That's 90 points right there in PPR. But that's what I mean. So why do I look at him and I go, Because he's on Detroit. Well, there's that. But Stafford throws for 4,000 yards every year. He does. I don't get it. Why and they're I, on Detroit. When I pick up Golden Tate, he puts up scores like five, three, one catch for 20 yards, two catches for 10 yards. I don't get it. And then I don't have him and I, I trade him or I cut him. And the next week he's got six catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. I'm like, what the hell? I don't get it with Golden Tate. And there's a lot of folks who are big on him. There's a lot of folks who are big on the Detroit Lions offense in general. Right. Um, a lot of people are big on Kenny Galladay. A lot of people are big on Marvin Jones. I've seen a lot of people big on Marvin Jones. Golden Marvin Tate. Marvin Jones Jr. Golden Tate. Where do you stand on him? We've got him at 17. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, st- like you mentioned, Stafford throws for over 4,000 yards. And lar- largely that's because Amir Abdullah has been their entire running game. Yes. And that's going to change this year. True. They're not going to rely, rely on Abdullah nearly as much. So I think... This changes. I mean, stuff. Golden, does, where does that put? Is Golden Tate, Tate a number two, or is he a one, two, or three receiver for you? Oh, he's definitely a number two. Um, and even in our rankings, he would be a number two because he'd be outside the top ten right. or twelve. But he's the number one in Detroit, unless one of those other guys makes a big move. Yep. You know, Do you use him at? Are you comfortable using him as a flex? Matchup dependent, but yes. All right, all right. Yes, but it would be matchup dependent to me. I mean, you're telling me he's up against the Cleveland Browns? Yes, I'm probably putting him in there. If you tell me he's going up against the Steelers, I'm probably not. Okay. You know, and that division doesn't have a lot of strong secondaries. The Vikings are pretty strong secondary, but the Bears and Green Bay. Oh, Green Bay's, no. I don't fear their secondary, so there's four games a year. I know I can use him. Okay. But is it worth drafting him for four games a year, or am I better off just holding off and using him in DFS? Uh, he's, I would say DFS and best ball. He's murdered me in DFS. I think that's why I dislike him so much is because my sample, <laughs> every time I've used him in DFS and every time it's looked viable to use him in DFS, he's just underperformed. So, All right, number 18 is a guy who got a lot of attention this week, and that's Josh Gordon. We talked about him during the last podcast briefly. We did. I said I was not going to move him, and I didn't. I have him at number 18 overall. Uh, Cinch did not rank him. Okay. And you had him at about number 15. So you're the Josh Gordon truther over here. You tell us, why is Josh Gordon worthy of a top being a wide receiver too? On paper, again, the Browns look really good on paper, but he is an immensely talented receiver. He really is. He is. And he's going to, if you're in a PPR league, he's going to get, the most receptions out of anyone on the Browns. See, I don't know about that with Corey Coleman so. there now. I think I so. Know. I don't know. I think he's going to take away from his uh, reception. Well, numbers. here's the thing: recovery from addiction or changes in your mental state change the game. And he's True. been open. Right. He smoked before games to take the edge off the anxiety. Right. So, without the marijuana, is the, he the same player? Well, that's the thing: the risk of suspension is now gone. But is the production changing? How's his mental state without the stuff? What's he using to cope? And I think that's probably why he's, you know, reporting to camp late and why he's doing all these things. And, and kudos to him for seeking this treatment. But 
I worry that he's not going to be the same guy on the field. And I worry more so that he steps on the field and he does not have an immediate impact. He struggles. That can and be. And then he falls and he relapses and falls. I'm back not even going to say relapse. It just may be devastating mentally in a way that he's not ready to take. When right, you fair. rely on substances or outside influences for your support and you're not ready to deal with adversity, then that can be really um, difficult to overcome. You want an example of that? Let's talk about Ryan Leaf for a second. <clears throat> Let's talk about Ryan Leaf. Yep. Came into the league. I'm hot shit. Yep. I am played football since he was like six. Right. Everybody loved him. Walked out of the rookie symposium when they had them because he didn't feel like he needed that information. He thought it was a waste of his time. Struggled. Fought with reporters because he wasn't mentally ready for what reporters were going to do to him. And let's face it, there are good reporters out there and there are guys who are going to push your buttons. There are guys who want you to yell at them on camera. Because that's a story. Because that's a story. Ends up using drugs. I have no idea if his drug use predates his problems in the NFL, but they're definitely linked. And, and and loses the career. Now, granted, he's pulled his life together. Kudos to him for that. But when yeah, you're he trains dogs now, yeah, and, and does motivational stuff, and and actually helps other people who have, are recovering from addiction stuff. But when you're not prepared for adversity, it can lead to bad things. Right? Is Josh Gordon ready if he doesn't come out the gate strong? And there's no way to predict. Uh, there's that. no way to know. There's no That's way to a know. Giant question mark. But I think the kid is is, is talented, and he's got a shot. And I, I think, think he's on the right track, though. But what he needs to do, what Cleveland needs to do is listen to this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Cleveland Browns, if you're listening to me right now, which I know you're not, but if you are, your sole job, you have two things you have to do on opening day. Number one, your first play from scrimmage has to be a bomb to Josh Gordon. A bomb. Even if you throw it out of bounds because he's not open, you need to stretch the field and throw a bomb to Josh Gordon. Right. The second thing you need to do is in that first game he's back, you need to get him a touchdown. That's all you need because the the, the rest will take care of itself. Yep. And God help you, if you throw a 60 or 70-yard bomb and connect with Josh Gordon for a touchdown on the first play, your, your problems You're are good. over. Your problems are over. Even if he struggles at that point, he's seen that success is possible. He's going to be good. So I have faith in, I have faith he's going to be better than I'm ranking him at 18, mm-hmm. but I'm ranking him at 18 because I want to be careful. So 19. 19. Another friend of Craig's. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster plays for uh, the Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. Is Juju's breakout going to continue? I don't I mean, know what's more amazing, that they get these wideouts or that somehow they do well with a guy who only passes for 2,300 yards a year. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Again, I personally, me, I am staying away from Steelers. I just... This year, I just... They're, I'm there opening it up. So I got to look at Roethlisberger's numbers. There is so much drama in Pittsburgh. I, I can't... Like, I don't even want to try to deal with it during this season. Okay, hold so, on a second. Uh, okay. okay, all right. I'm... I'm I have to apologize. All right. All right. Do you know if I take a ballpark stab at what Roethlisberger's passing yardage was last year? Uh, 3,400 yards. Try 4,250. Really? He broke 4,000 yards, and the year before, he was at 3,800. We owe Ben Roethlisberger an apology. <laughs> you owe me an apology. <laughs> if you know that reference, email me. I, that is not what I expected. Now, here's the thing. And here's why it looked. Here's why it's deceptive. All of that, and his quarterback rating was sub 100. His completion percentage just over 64. percent 
the last two years. So it's not like he's he's completing five, six, seven passes in a row. Right. And you have to wonder at that point, and this is again me being maybe I'm Roethlisberger biased. Yep. Um, but you know those kinds of numbers, maybe it's because he's got such great wide receivers around him. You know, but I, I just I look at this and I'm like I'm not big on Big Ben. Pardon the pun there, but just not so. But Juju, can Juju keep it up? Um, he can, I suppose. But again, I want nothing to do with the Steelers this year. There you go. Number 20 is Amari Cooper. I have nothing to say about Amari Cooper. He's on the Raiders. Is he still there? Somebody left there. Who no, left there? I think he's still on the Raiders. Well, the internet will tell us. They will tell Find us. Out. So I have nothing to say about Amari Cooper because I have nothing to say about the Raiders or Amari Cooper in general. Um, just running down uh, honorable mentions, Michael Crabtree. That's the guy who left the Raiders is Michael no, Crabtree. He's still on the Raiders. Crabtree's still on the Raiders? No, no. Cooper. Crabtree's who I'm thinking of. Crabtree's not in, in Oakland anymore. Right. Crabtree at 21, he can, he can, uh, good luck to you. Uh, 22 is Pierre Garçon because Craig ranked him and nobody else did. Um, hey, 49, Garoppolo, man. He could have a big year. I could have a big year, Between too. Between him and uh, Kittle. Speaking of guys who could have a big year. Oh, we you know who else we forgot about this guy. Number 23 is Jarvis Landry. He's in Cleveland, too. He is. Miami sent him to Cleveland because they didn't want him anymore. So you're lining up as a Cleveland quarterback. You've got Jarvis Landry, Corey Coleman, and Josh Gordon. And maybe Des Bryant. And maybe there is no way. How are th- <laughs> how are these people gonna get all these people the ball? Um they all get like one pass a quarter. You all get one target. <laughs> That's it. Make the one most of it. Quarter. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to run really quick our number 15 through 20. All right. You tell me, which one of these guys are you most up on? Stefan Diggs, okay. T.Y. Hilton, mm-hmm. Golden Tate, mm-hmm. Josh Gordon, or Juju Smith-Schuster? Which one would I take first out of all of them? Which one are you Which one are you most excited about? <clears throat> I'm sorry, no, technically just... that's wrong. I'm sorry. Okay. Right? Yes, I'm sorry. Right. Diggs, nope. Hilton, Tate, Josh Gordon, or Juju Smith-Schuster? Okay, no, that's five. Okay. That's five. Um, it might be actually 14 through 19 instead of out of those. Yeah. I'm going to stick with Gordon. So he's got a lot of, he's got more upside to you than Tate Hilton or Diggs. Uh, yes. Okay. See to yes. me, Tyreek Hill, we have at 14 is where my next cliff is the drop off from Hill to Diggs because as many questions that I have around guys like Thielen, Fitzgerald, Thomas and Hill, right? They're all going to be okay receivers, in my opinion. They're all going to be t- they're all going to be in the top fifteen, which makes them wide receiver ones or twos, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. I don't know that Stefan Diggs is going to be that good. I don't know that Ty is going to be up that high. I don't know if Golden Tate's going to be up that high. So, is there anybody on this list that we didn't touch on that you're like, oh, that's a guy we need to discuss, or that's a guy that I really uh, want to look at? There's a couple names that jump out to me. Uh, I mean, a couple. I mean, there's always um. God, I just Marquee realized Lee. I said Corey Coleman like seven times in reference to Cleveland today. I meant Corey Davis. <clears throat> I apologize. No, Corey Davis is in Tennessee. Okay, no, then I did say Corey Coleman. I meant Corey Coleman. Oh, God damn you, Burger Monster. <laughs> Going straight to my head. I don't know why any folks um, listen to us, but thank Some you other people to think of is, um, did we mention Allen Robinson? We did not. There's Allen Robinson. There's Alshon Jeffrey. I did get Corey Coleman. So even when I get something right, I think I got it wrong. <laughs> that kills me. Sorry about uh, that, guys. There's Marquez Lee. Marquise Lee. He's the number one in Jacksonville. Oh, my God. Come on. Get on the Bortles train. Oh, my God. Just get on the train. No. It's here waiting for you. No. Get on the Bortles train. Sean, Sean, Sean is the king of the Bortles train. 
Hey, if, you're in charge of the Joe Mixon train. I am the engineer of the Joe Mixon train. <laughs> and, and you know what? You could always, you could always look at John Ross. I, I would love to look at John Ross. Has he, he played decides, a game yet? <laughs> uh, he's played. Hopefully this year he won't uh, hide any injuries. But, uh, honestly, how many games? Well, did he really? Did he? But didn't he, he had a shoulder injury? He didn't tell them about for four weeks. But didn't he miss a bunch of games last year? Or he was inactive for a bunch. He of He was games? inactive, but that's why. That's why he didn't tell them like he hurt his shoulder. Like, why are you hi- why are you hiding that? Because he wants to get out in the field, and he knows but the if NFL you can't stands move your for arm. <laughs> yes, like your one hand. He's, he watched Randy Moss growing up. <laughs> right, a couple names that I saw that I wanted to go over just really quick. Yeah, um, I know you're a big Cooper Cup guy. Cooper Cup did he's, not make he, our top twenty. He did not. I mean, he's 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 got some potential. And staying out there, Robert Woods, big game, Bob. Yep. Um, Robert Woods, another DFS best ball play. I have seen Robert Woods has gone like crazy in best ball leagues. I've been a part of crazy, yeah. like top 20 because he's either going to score two or 20. Same thing. He's, um, he's, he's like digs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, not to the extremes, I think, but yes. Uh, Brandon cooks is fascinating to me. I don't know that he's going to do well, but, um, I hope he does. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned I mentioned Sammy Watkins briefly in passing before, and here's an interesting one. This guy is really down here, Jamison Crowder. I'm tired of waiting for Jamison Crowder to do something in Washington, and that usually means he's going to do something. When I stop <laughs> waiting for somebody, it's usually when they do something. So I'm right. Usually, I'm, I'm driving the Joe Mixon train this year. He, right? he is. Or I is, am driving is in the train. Of the Mixon train. Joe Mixon may be terrible this year. Next year, I'm going to be like, I cannot stand Joe Mixon. I am never drafting him again. And he will have a breakout year. Right. That's just kind of the way my luck runs. I don't know, man. This could be it. This could be it. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But I'm watching Doxon and Crowder, and Crowder more so than Doxon, very carefully. So um, so that's it. That's our wide receiver preview. Um, where are you looking Wide out. So you're keeping a running back in our keeper league. I am. You're keeping Kamara. Yes. So, you know, obviously you're going to go with the flow of the draft, but are because you have a running back at one, are you looking wide receiver with your first overall pick? Or no, are you, I think I have to go running back. So you're willing to go running back, running back. Are you then defaulting in round two? Uh, Probably. I have to see whatever, what everyone else does. Yeah, obviously, uh, obviously you got to best available. I think first round, I have to go running back. And then after that, probably receiver. Wow. So you'd be comfortable with the fact that when you get around to getting your wide receiver, you may be looking at an A.G. Green Green or Keenan Allen as your number one. Possibly. If people decide to go wide receiver heavy. Possibly. I mean, every mock I've done has been running back heavy this year. Right. But wide receivers are all going in round two. Um, Sometimes round three. So I did that one weird mock Um, last week where the wide receiver stuck around. How do you feel about Paul Richardson being part of the Redskins now? I don't think he factors in. I really don't. Okay. I know that's an unpopular opinion. Came over from Seattle, right? Yes. You don't think he's going to take away from Crowler? No, I don't. I think Crowder and Doxson, I think Richardson's going to be a distraction and a third option. And maybe he passes one of them, becomes the number two. But I I, I don't know. I, I think Crowder is really going to, I don't know. I just got a feeling about it. Which means he's going to be terrible this year, and next year he's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I, you know, again. You heard it here first. I'm always a year behind a guy's breakout. <laughs> always. I'm sitting here screaming for everyone to take Joe Mixon, climb aboard the Joe Mixon train. Something bad's going to happen. We're going to end up with another huge dose of Giovanni Bernard for another year. Yep. I, I, I don't know. And then a year from right now, Joe Mixon's going to be like the number two running back in the league. Yes. 
Although I was right about Kareem Hunt last year. I'll True. give myself that. I was right about Kareem Hunt. He tailed off near the end, but I was right in the beginning. So, all right. So we will be back. Our next episode, um, I'm, our release schedule is all off because we split wide receivers into two episodes. We so we'll, we were looking at, but our next episode will be tight ends. Are we going to do tight ends, kickers, and defenses to get again? I mean, we might again? as well. We might as well. We might as well. And now that now that you like the new mic, should we should we see about getting some people in here? Yeah, sure. Do we, that's where we're going to invite our first guest. Really, come on in. We're going to talk about tight ends, kickers, <laughs> and defense. Things everyone likes. Like seriously, someone's going to walk in and go, "All right, I'm only staying for the tight end segment. I'm not talking <laughs> about kickers or defenses." So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll 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 definitely look at doing that. And now that we are our mic situation is starting to, uh, Craig has gotten. Really good with fine tuning the mics. A, a, a week ago, this thing was picking up lunar signals, and now all <laughs> we, of a sudden, we dialed it back a bit. Yeah, I, I mean, back. and that's a funny thing. We, you know, for those of you who are in podcasting, we followed all the time. We turned down the gain, we sent it to unidirectional, we changed the angle, we put stuff underneath it for shock absorption, and it was still picking up like Chicago. So <laughs> it was weird in that respect. Yeah, but, yep. but I think we're good now. I think I, so. I hope so. So next week, uh, or next episode, because probably next week, um, tight ends, kickers, and defenses, and then we will wrap up. We will start talking about ADP. God, it's almost August. Yeah. We're, we're in hardcore hell, draft season. Man. Hardcore draft wow. season. Um, and then we'll start talking about ADP and draft strategy. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're right in the middle of it. I, trust me, I have already started having nightmares about running my numbers. <laughs> because I run mon- numbers on Wednesday mornings, and we record Wednesday nights, and... I don't think I'm tipping my hand yet, but there is an offer on the table for us to do some guest writing for one of the other sites. I don't want to say who yet because it's sort of a done deal, but not really, where they want me to do an article once a week on um, DraftKings value players, which is actually what I consider to be one of my specialties is identifying value players. They would like me to write a weekly article for them. And, you know, but... It's one of those things. So really quick, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, like in, in January, they were like, yeah, man, we like your stuff. We've read your website. We really want you to write for us. I'm like, yeah, all right. And they're like, we'll contact you as we get closer to the season. And I went, okay. And I didn't hear anything for a while. And then they went on Twitter and said, we'd like to welcome all of our 2018 contributors and listed a whole bunch of web handles. And we weren't on it. No. And so I wrote them and I was like, okay, we talked like four months ago. Do you still want me to contribute? And they were like, yeah. We guess we could find a space for you to contribute. And I'm like, okay. okay. So I, I mean, just I felt really non-committal. So I haven't made an announcement yet, but even though they've been like, yeah, we'll, we'll take a weekly article from you guys. It felt like, all right, I almost felt like someone was doing me a favor. And I'm like, that's not really what we want to do. We want to be able to contribute and, and be uh, good, good uh, friends to our other folks in the industry. So, um, so I'm not really, I'm already having nightmares because Wednesdays are going to be Britt goes to work. Yes. Brick goes to work and gets out at 4 p.m. and has two hours to turn around rankings, <laughs> a full article, and get over to Craig's so, to record. So uh, that means Tuesday, you might as well just not sleep. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, the the people who I talk to about rankings and about projections don't put out their numbers and don't usually talk to me until Wednesday. I So Tuesday, I can sleep. Because there's nothing I can do until Wednesday at about noon. But Wednesday at noon, I'm at my job like everybody else. So I can't touch these numbers till 4 o'clock. And then I've got two hours to turn around all this information. And last year, as you remember, near the end of the year, I was like, oh, are we done yet? I, I just, uh, I love doing the podcast. Burnout Brit. 
I yeah, I love doing the podcast. I love talking about fantasy football, and I love doing these projections. But it it is, and it's it's a lot to turn around in a short period of time. The guys who sit there and do these things from scratch without talking to people, without saying here's what I think, without doing radio, I don't know how they do it. I don't, I don't know, know how they do it. If I did not, if I did not have four or five quote unquote experts that I talk to on a weekly basis before I make my decisions and my projections, I couldn't yeah. do it. Because half the time it's me saying, well, I think Josh Doxson could be good for 13 points. And somebody goes, 13 points? Are you kidding me? You'd be lucky if he catches two balls. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I'm way off here. And I have to adjust my my stuff. But, you know, it's it, it, it's it's not an easy thing to do. And then it's only 17 weeks of it consecutive is. stuff DFS, <laughs> you know, and yeah, waiver wire. August. And, yeah. God. The season Damn. will be upon us. The draft season, the best ball season is in full swing. Real draft season really begins in August, which is next week. Um, our first draft, uh, we did not do Scott Fishbowl this year. We didn't get in. Sorry. Ooh. Yeah. So our first um, celebrity, quote unquote, celebrity draft is in is like August 26th. And then we have like three of them in a week. And then we have our regular draft the weekend of Labor Day. Who the hell knows where that's going to be or when that's going to be? Yeah, I will have to figure that out. Yeah, you in particular because you got to get that day off. I have it off. Okay, but how do you have it off? You don't know what day it's going to be. Our draft? Yes. Our draft is that Sunday. Yeah, we hope. That's what the commissioner is saying. But, you know, I mean, the commissioner's got to get everybody in the room. And as we've mentioned before, all it takes is for Craig to say no. You know, and... and (laughs) Well, then Mario can draft for him. Oh, Mario. (laughs) Oh... That team will finally uh, win a championship. Probably. Poor, poor Craig's been at our Super Bowl four times in over 20 he years. He is the Bills of our league. At four or five times he's been to the Super Bowl. He's never won a title. I think nope. he's the only original owner of this league who has never won a title. I mean, even I have two, and I'm terrible at season long. All right, I'm rambling. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Any final thoughts other than the season's upon um, us? It's upon us, and it's almost August, and I'm shocked. You know what's great about August? My final thought? Yeah. They are filling the barrels at two roads. That's right. You took a picture of it. In a couple of short weeks, there will be, cue the music, (laughs) Rhodes Mary's baby back in the booth. Craig will make a big stink about how he can't drink it because it's not a month that ends in B-E-R. That's right. But I will sit here and gladly drink it and make him watch me drink it and make (laughs) yummy sounds while I do so. Because that is amazing stuff, and nothing says fall and football to me. It is good, like Rosemary's beer. I just wait till September. If you have two roads, wherever you're listening to us, if you have two roads beer available, and you like pumpkin spice stuff, definitely pick up Rosemary's Baby when it comes out, and it always comes out at the end of August. And I happened to be at two roads. Was it two weeks ago? I sent the picture, Uh, and they were filling the barrels outside because it's just there's just not, not enough space inside the brewery. They were filling the aging barrels, and I was like, thank you, Lord. It's the first <laughs> sign. It was 90 degrees out. It it's was. the first sign that fall is coming. They are aging the Rosemary's baby. Oh, it's so exciting. It's almost here. It's almost here. And then we get to hear that stupid music for six months. That's right. But I love it. So, <laughs> In the meantime, let's get off the air because I can hear the rain outside. The torrential downpour is on us. I hope my car is still outside. We will be back next week with tight ends, kickers, and defense, and maybe a surprise guest. Until then, I am Brit. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. 